as Tyler. That long drink was because of this damn football team. And Dave's shirt really says it all. Welcome to Mock Draft Mondays. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis, with me, co-host Deshaun, and producer Dave in his beautiful little man cave. We're going to talk Kirk Cousins. We're going to talk the contract, what it what it looks like, what it means for now, and what it means in the future. There's going to be a lot of animated feelings tonight. Strap in. We're going to be your therapy session here this evening on Mock Draft Monday. Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Welcome aboard to the Kirk Cousins Sadness Express. I'm Tyler, which is Sean and Dave. Gentlemen, well, we have a lot to talk to uh, a lot talk about tonight, so we're just going to get right right to it. Day one of free agency, and yesterday the Vikings determined their course of action, re-signing Kirk Cousins to a one-year extension worth a fully guaranteed $35 million, and they pushed $12.5 million of that money into 2024 and 2025 with voidable years. Now, what that tells us is the Vikings are not willing to take a step back. They are not willing to rebuild. They are trying to gun for a Super Bowl. Whether fair or foul, this is what the Vikings are going to be doing here moving forward. And we're going to parse that out, and we're going to talk about the why. We're going to talk about what the contract looks like. Dave's got graphics ready to rock and roll, and we are going to have some real truthful conversations about this team, the direction, and whether we're fans or not. Deshaun, I have not got to talk to you much about this uh, Kirk Cousins deal. Um, I was in my feelings last night, as most of you probably read my piece for the Vikings Wire, where I just eviscerated the move and, and questioned Kwesi Dopamensa and his commitment to mediocrity. Um, Deshaun, what were your initial thoughts on the extension and – uh, where this team is going to end up going. Uh, you know, I think at first I was a little surprised. I definitely didn't think that this was like a crazy move. I thought once like Cousins went and took like a pretty big discount, I actually did end up taking a, a Cousins didn't really take a discount because I feel like he's still getting the same amount of money he wanted, just as like spread out over more years. But like to the team, it's not as expensive, which I guess is like a good middle ground. Or whatever, I was experienced. I was very uh, surprised that they took this route. Did not think that was something that the new regime would do. Um, I don't hate it. I don't like it, but I don't hate it because it it just gives it gives you direction. This team was like lacking direction for like the whole month of February. We had like no idea what they were going to do, and now they have some direction. But now they just need to do it the right way. Keeping, I mean, keep, keeping Cousins is not a death sentence. We know Cousins can play. We know that Kevin O'Connell is going to put him in a better position than Mike Zimmer did. But if you're going to make this move, you need to do it correctly. And on the first day of free agency, they haven't done that yet. Now, free agency is very long. You, there are still a lot of players out there. I think I crafted about a list of like 15, 20 guys that I thought they should go after and there's still like 11 guys left on, left on that list so they very well can still build a proper team it just makes things harder the path that they chose was probably the path of like the most resistance over the next three or so seasons it's possible if you do things correctly but we have to see them get off to a good start and as of right now they have not uh... 
Have they not? Oh, that's debatable. We'll find out. Yes, thanks, Dan and Kirk Cousins. Right there, you see the link. I will put it in the notes below later tonight for Tyler's uh, piece that he wrote for Vikings Wire over at USA Today. Is it what we want? No. Did Kirk get the money he wanted? No, he did not. He it, it was reported that his representatives and he were asking forty five million, right? But well, in excess of forty million, he's not getting that. He's getting basically a one year extension for thirty five million, and he's being paid thirty five million this year. That was part of the original contract. Now it's moving around. Cap numbers are different. We'll look at that a little bit later especially when it comes to percentages of what we're paying him versus the rest of the team. But we're getting him for basically $35 million this year, even though he's going to be paid um, greatly this year, and then a grand total of fifty-five guaranteed by next March. There are bits of it that were not at, quote, market price. He's not getting the $45 million per year that he wanted. He's getting $35 million per year for the next two years, which I think is closer to his market, right? Especially with Aaron Rodgers making $50 million a year. So that wasn't so bad. But to get to that point, the Vikings had to put in a no-trade clause. So that means what I think he feared was that we would negotiate this extension giving him two years on a contract, and he'd be afraid at that point, suddenly he's more attractive to Team B or Team C, the Colts, the Browns, you know, B being the Browns, C being the Colts type deal, and they would take him. So he said, you know, with the whole, I want to finish my career in Minnesota, he had that inserted, and that was his leverage We'll see how it goes. I'm not optimistic, but I hope that people can change and that Kevin O'Connell and crew can get the most out of him and reprogram his brain on taking chances and going for it. And it turns out to be a wonderful thing. I'm just not there yet. And that's why this team makes me drink. Uh, Darren Wolfson just tweeted out that the Vikings are in on Trey Turner, which if they get him cheaper than Austin Corbett, I think that's better value. He was a part of that offensive line in, in Pittsburgh that did not do very well at all protecting Big Ben, but it looks like he's giving up a pressure every 20 or so pass blocking snaps, which is a significant upgrade over what we have. So if he comes in cheaper than Trey Turner, I think that's a, dire- a step in the right direction. Okay. I mean, uh, Cheaper uh, than just a heads uh, up, it's Billy Turner. Cheaper than Trey Austin Turner. Corbett. Billy Turner, as in oh, it's Billy it's Turner. Billy Turner, not Trey Turner. Oh, it's yep. gross. Which is actually better because <laughs> oh, it's Trey awful. Trey Turner, <laughs> Turner was not very good the past couple that. Um, He wasn't yeah, that Billy bad. Turner was Billy Turner's a little. Uh, we'll find out when we get to the got, end. He's got great versatility, um, and that's that's one of the the big positives about Billy Turner, um, and. The frustrating thing for me about this this move is, um, and Dave Dave's got the graphic, and I'm just very frustrated with the with Quasi right now. Like you are different in almost every imaginable way from almost every single general manager 
that has ever ran a football team. He had a chance to change the narrative and he didn't. And it's baffling to me that when you look at all the data and you look at what it's not necessarily in this situation, about what cousins is good at, because we all know he is a good quarterback. He ranges somewhere between QB eight and QB 15 based on the day and preseason uh, 2021, the athletic uh, did a 50 um, person poll, all individuals in the NFL, whether coaches, um, executives, scouts, just 50 different personnel across the league. He was voted the 18th best quarterback in football uh, safely in tier three, which is like guys who are good, but you need, but they have a flaw, a, a fatal flaw. Um, and when you have all that information in front of you about the stuff that he can't do or won't do and isn't consistent at, and then you decide to double down on it, it's incredibly frustrating. And I really question whether it's necessarily his fault or it's the fault of ownership because we know ownership has has given a directive in the past. No, we are not taking a step back. We are going to try and win now. So it would not be shocking if that is the direction currently because the Wilfs want to be relevant more than they want to win a Super Bowl. And I think we've seen that parsed out over the past uh, 10 years or so. They don't want to be 3-13. and 13. They would rather be 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight. Or you have seven and ten, eight, nine at this point in time, because it's better for business. If you're relevant, you sell more tickets, you sell more merch, you sell more concessions. As a general general overall business, it's just smarter. From a football perspective, where this team is at, how depleted they are at some positions, how the fact that Mike Zimmer was able to get this team to play as good a defense as it did last year, with the with the bad depth and talent that they were playing on a regular basis once. Uh, Griffin and Hunter were out. Um, the cornerback situation was brutal. Um, and the linebackers were necessarily great. Eric Kendricks had it down here. Anthony Barr was spotty because of that knee, and he he didn't play a lot. When you take all those things into consideration, running it back, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, you had the prime opportunity to say goodbye to Kirk Cousins. You had the prime opportunity with the amount of teams it could be possibly interested in Kirk Cousins. The Browns. The Colts, before he came back, the Bucks, the Saints could be interested, the Steelers, all these teams that are looking for a quarterback, and you just decide to keep status quo and run it back. I'm baffled. I'm very frustrated. It feels like that the Vikings aren't really in it to win a Super Bowl right now, even though they say they are. And then you, like, ho, 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 in a ho, vacuum signing. Ho, 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 ho. No. If you're re-signing Kirk Cousins to be competitive – you are in it to win it. That is the philosophy. Whether it's a smart move and you have money to fix the defense and all the Kirk lovers are going to be saying, but the defense didn't hold. That's why he didn't win so much. If you re-sign him, you are doubling down on that Kirk will get you to the Super Bowl. The Vikings' free year for the new administration is over. They're not getting it. If they would have gone into rebuild mode and done things, yes, everybody would have been cool. Hey, we're building for 2023 when the window opens. Now keeping Kirk Cousins, uh-uh. he may be a relatively super expensive bridge quarterback in the long run, but you are betting everything on him. That's why you kept him. Whether Quazy made that decision, and overall he did, or if the Wilfs said, no, we want Cousins, 
as if, as reported, the Browns offered Baker Mainfield and two number two picks, then no, you are betting on that he is going to take you to the promised land. That is the expectation we should have for this team. Sorry. Sure. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you just said, Dave, I think that they're lying to themselves thinking that they're going to be contending for a Super Bowl. And then maybe their intention, but it's misguided. Like the way this team is currently set up with what Kirk Cousins' limitations are. And uh, there's a comment in, um, from Andrew in the chat, and I kind of want to address it. With, and I apologize, Andrew. I'm not trying to bury you. Um, you say that might actually improve with a progressive minded coach. I, I'm sorry. The guy's a 10 year vet, he's 33 years old. He's had Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay as offensive coordinators, and we're expecting him to all of a sudden improve with Kevin O'Connell. I'm sorry. Like, I I can't buy into that. Kirk Cousins is who he is at this point. He's not going to improve. He's not all of a sudden going to grow a set of cojones and start throwing dagger concepts down the middle of the field instead of finding C.J. Ham in the flat. That's just not a thing. It's not who he is. It's not what he does. He'll throw one or two of those a game, but the second he gets tipped or intercepted, he curls up into the fetal position. Just watch that San Francisco game. After that interception, just done. The game was over. He he just curled up in a ball and quit. Like this is this is the player that you have mind. to try and win with. And and he turtles. That, it, and he's he wants everything to be perfect. Jay Gruden said while Kirk was in Washington in 2017, he needs to relax. He needs to stop expecting everything to be perfect in front of him. That's part of the problem. The difference between him and Matthew Stafford is at the beginning of 2021, they were considered on the same tier. You could argue either one of them being better. Matthew Stafford has the balls to make those big boy throws. Kirk Cousins consistently does not. And that's the biggest difference between them. And you are, you're going to have to live with some interceptions. Matthew Stafford threw 17 picks, including multiple pick sixes. You have to live with that. But then you get 41 touchdowns and you get the game winning drive in the Super Bowl. And it's those positive elements that you have to take the risk with the negative. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to accept that. Kirk's not willing to accept the negative. He only wants the positive. Problem is you limit yourself with how much positive you can get when you're limiting your opportunities for those big time plays. And this team is just not set up. And I will give Quasi a chance because if they double down and they take a receiver early, they take interior offensive line, they don't necessarily ignore the defense, but they make offense a true priority then maybe we'll have a different conversation come the beginning of May when we're really evaluating what this draft class is. But right now, it just feels like a downer. It feels like the wind was taken out of our sails. We're not going to have a chance at at Malik Willis, uh, presumably. We're not going to have that rookie quarterback to really groom. And if Kirk Cousins is truly a bridge quarterback, you're spending $80 million over two years for a bridge quarterback. What kind of process is this? It's bad process. Actually, three years, at, but okay. We'll over that. Uh, but anyways. Uh, it's Read my piece. I've said everything else. I'm done yelling. We're going to... Oh, gonna no, you're you not. Guys respond to we'll any continue, any but the, we need Deshaun's. First off, I want to address Aaron. Yes, we did sign a new defensive tackle. We'll get to that later in the show. That happened just a few minutes ago. Um, that will be coming. And I want to get to Raymond. Raymond, coaches love him. Absolutely love Kirk Cousins. Deshaun, you're known as the positive guy in this group. 
Why is that? Why? Tell us the positive end of why this is going to work. Listen, Matthew Stafford just threw 50 touchdowns in the exact same system. We know Matthew Stafford is not really <laughs> – Matthew so. Stafford is not that guy. He, he's not that guy. Yeah, but Kirk they Cousins turned him basically into ran that the guy. same system with Kubiak. Like, like – See, the thing is when you bring in – so the systems were alike, but they were all, it was hampered down. It was not the it – was, it was similar systems. It was not extrapolated and really filled out like McVay's system was. McVay's system was always aggressive. It was always something going on to help the quarterback. Kubiak's system was kind of like that, but it wasn't really as modern as as McVay's system. As I, I'll put it like that. It wasn't as modern. You'll see McVay's system is like as modern as you can get. You have guys running wide open all the time. I mean, Cooper Cup ran wide open all season, and it's not just because he's a great player. It's because he was put in positions to succeed. That can be the biggest difference between the last regime and the new regime. That's why I don't really like using the term running it back because they're not really running it back. It's a completely different system. You're putting your players in completely different positions than what they were last season, and you're going to get a different different result. Whether that's better, whether that's worse, we'll see what happens. But I think it's unrealistic to expect Kirk Cousins to be the exact same player he was last season in a completely new system. I mean, it's similar, but in its own right, it's a new system. And it's a system in favor of Kirk Cousins entirely just him. It's not a new system in favor of the running game. It's not a new system in favor of pass protection or anything like that. The system is literally there just for Cousins. With Kubiak, it was there to kind of hide our pass-blocking deficiencies. It was there to make the run game better. It was there to make Mike Zimmer happy. This time, it's it's just for Cousins. It's 100% for Cousins. It was put here for Cousins and only him. So we'll see what happens in that aspect. I don't think it's super unrealistic to say that Kirk Cousins can continue to improve because he has improved. His play has improved since he's been here. It might not be the jumps that we're expecting, or the jump, it might not be the jump that Matthew Stafford had. I think he threw what 25 more touchdowns than he did last season. It might not be that jump, but it's gonna, it's I'm willing to bet that it's going to be something similar. When I went through and I really looked at what was the issue with this football team, yes, defense was bad, it's whatever. That it got that way because they signed a bunch of mid level tenant guys and expected them to keep up in today's offensive system and offensive league. It's not gonna work. The most important thing is the offensive inconsistencies from last season are the things that are most within our control to fix. The Vikings went three and out, what, like four times a game last season on average or 3.5, something close. I think they led the league in three and outs. If you can control that, you're automatically going to get a better team than what you had last season, really no matter what you do on defense. They are capable of doing it. I don't, I think it's, Saying it, it's impossible or saying it's, it's the same process or it's not it's bad process, I think it's just we're not there yet. We have to see where they're able to put on the field because we just don't know yet. If, if O'Connell is able to bring over the exact same system he had in L.A., bring it to the Vikings, there's really no reason to suggest that it would be worse or that it's not really going to work because we've seen it work already. We've seen it work with Jared Goff at quarterback. We've already seen that. I mean, like, and Kirk Cousins is a league above Jared Goff. 
He's more consistent, and he's, I mean, he's just a, a better overall player. So we know that this system can work and make several different quarterbacks better. So I think it's a tad bit unrealistic to say that Cousins cannot grow within this system and become better. Now, what I will say, like I said earlier, when you commit to Kirk Cousins, you have to do other certain things because he's not hes not a top five quarterback. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not a world beater. So you do still need to support him. And that's the part that we're waiting on. See, the Vikings went out. They got Kirk Cousins in 2018, but they did not support him like he needed, which led to the 2018 season. They did it a little bit in 2019, but it wasn't enough. In 2020, they kind of just went right back to just whatever they were doing. So the difference between this regime and the last regime is going to be how they actually support Cousins the right way so that they can maybe have him throw 50 touchdowns like Matthew Stafford did. See, that's why I wanted Deshaun to bring the rainbows and glitter, and show the positive aspect of why this was a good move. It may be. It very well may be. I posted up here Skip Bayless's tweet from earlier today. Um, he obviously thinking it wasn't a good move. Hey, Tyler, what's next on there? Your list. You talked about Arif Hassan's oh. premonition. Yeah, um, I'll say this, uh, and we'll kind of wrap up Kirk here real quick. Biggest thing about improving, like, I just don't think Cousins can improve what he's not good at. I don't think he's going to improve his ability to, quote-unquote, just chuck it downfield and hope for the best. He's he's never going to be that guy. And because he can't be that guy, I just don't see enough of a leap forward in order to actually become better or take a Stafford-like leap. I just... I don't see it. I really hope I'm wrong, but I don't believe it's going to be a thing. Um, and the premon- let's go to the repremonition, as you mentioned, Dave. Um, it's hilarious because he wrote a huge primer article about free agency and what a possible Kirk Cousins extension could look like, and he basically hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, that kudos to Arif, who is a, is a um, big uh, friend of the show and a big friend of the network. Um, and if you and haven't read him, he's been writing for years. He's outstanding on how he mm-hmm. dissects Minnesota Vikings football. Very analytic approach, very in-depth, and he nails it. He deserves his spot working for The Athletic and The New York Times. He's that good. No, he's, he's tremendous. And, yeah. One thing I really appreciate about Arif is his wit. He's just witty beyond belief. And he he basically predicted. He predicted that the Vikings would make this move, and he was right. Um, and then uh, we should get into the last little piece about Kirk Cousins before we move on and really talk about how it's going to affect us because, Dave, the salary cap hits are going to be really important here and how this is spread out and how it really impacts both this season and beyond. Um, when you take a look at the highlighted areas, these are the cap hits for the next three years. Sorry about that. 30, about $31.5 million, 15% of the cap. 36 250 16.1% of the cap. 12 5 in 2024, and that's the void years. You get the two void years because you can eighty million. You spread out the signing bonus equally, but because he, in, in theory, will not be on the team in 24, you have to take that entire hit at once. So 
that's kind of where you're sitting there. The tough part is there has been no team that has won a Super Bowl with their starting quarterback making above, I think it's 13.5% of the cap. The Rams had a loophole season last year where both of those guys, uh, the Jared Goff dead money and Matthew Stafford, were a combined $45 million. So that's kind of like your your loophole, but it, it makes it really tough um, for the Vikings to really put together a true contender based on the salary cap data that we have. Now, what it does for us this year, it gets us basically to cap compliance. It puts us it put us seven hundred and fifty thousand over the cap with the extension, and then that does not include a Daniel Hunter restructure. That doesn't include trading veterans like Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, and all of those could be on the table. Um, or yes, or cut absolutely. So and it's look official. At all those things, it Michael of, Pierce has been cut. Okay, there we go. That that basically saves uh, the money that Harrison Smith got. Basically an even swap. Um, And then, But while that doesn't impact us much right now, what it does do is next year you're really going to see the savings. So Harrison Smith must have been the guy that Ed Donatel pounded the table for. So there we go. Michael Pierce is no more. Harrison Smith is your new Michael Pierce as that one technique to gapping defensive tackle, which is going to be – Harrison Phillips. No. Your new one oh, sorry, did I say the wrong name? is Harrison Phillips. Just signed. What name did I say? Harrison Smith. <laughs> oh, I, I said A the three wrong name. Three years, $19.5 million. Dollar. Deal? It's eight. I think that cap hit is eight mil in the first in the first season. I think I saw that somewhere, maybe. Well, that's eight million cash, not necessarily the cap hit. Right. But so that, look at it APR for any. APR, he's mm-hmm. looking at six point something million per. And for a one technique, that's what you should have. Or for mm-hmm. something like that. I'm cool with that. Yep. And now we're going to talk about how this is going to project out forward. Uh, where do the Vikings go from here? They've decided to commit to Kirk Cousins, whether fair or foul, whether we like it or not. It's something that we just have to accept and move on. And after that nice yelling session, I'm about halfway to acceptance. So the Vikings <laughs> are going to move on with. They're going to have hey, to move on with Kirk Cousins. You know what? You know what's good for acceptance? Lake, Lake Monster. Monster Brewing depth charge, boom. baby. Boom! Bring in the boom. Outstanding, uh, juicy IPA, California style. It's good. Got flavor. It is perfect. For when you're making memories, watching us, celebrating Vikings moves, or lamenting them and wanting to drink away your sorrows. Lake Monster Brewing, Mm -hmm. our partner. We love you. We love their products. And they're always going to deliver. Hopefully, Kirk Cousins will too. No, 100%. And now now we get to talk about how they're going to fill these holes. They have a hole at right guard. They have a hole at center. They have a projected hole, depending on what they do, at wide receiver with the with the uncertainty regarding Adam Thielen. They uh, they need a second tight end. And then on defense, they need two or three edge rushers. They need two or three linebackers. They need two or three corners. And they at least need a depth safety. There are a lot of holes on this team, and there is not a lot of capital to work with. Now, what what you have to do is really try to figure out how you want to position this team. 
Do you want to try and fill all the holes on defense? Or do you want to fill a couple of the holes and you really want to load up and fortify the offense, which uh, I'll be honest, is 100% the strength of this roster. Um, when you look at the draft class and free agency, it, it's it's going to be bargain picking until the, the end of April. Um, we did that last year and he had some hits, he had some misses, but you're going to have to be really, really smart. Doug, you're right. We're going to probably going to have to hit on those first three draft picks. They're going to have to play significant time early and often in order for us to be successful. Uh, Deshaun, what what do you think are going to be the first couple areas of attack uh, moving forward for the Minnesota Vikings as they try to figure this out? Uh, I think they're going to plug either center or right guard, one of the two, and then they'll let the the competition on the roster play for the other end. I think that'll be a relatively cheap signing, which or it should be at least. Um, what I would do is listen. Stars win championships, and we we've, we've seen that in Los Angeles with the Rams. Go big at corner and edge, and then you fill in the rest of the roster with draft picks and low vet men players. You need players at every level that's going to make your plays. Bargain bin players are not going to make plays for you. They're going to they're gonna they make a play here or there or they stop things from being awful. They don't go out there like they're not Aaron Aaron Donald like single handedly won that game for the Rams. Like Jamar Chase was wide open, Aaron Donald stopped that play, the Rams won a Super Bowl. The Vikings need to go out, they need to spend big on two free agencies, and then just let the rest fall in as it will. Those your star players will get you out of bad situations from time to time, and that's all you want from your defense. That's all you want from your defense. But I don't think they can do that if they go back to what we did last season by signing like five or six like stopgap players. I mean, it didn't work already, and I, I have a hard time seeing them do it again. But I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens there. And now, now here's the question. Uh, I agree with you. I I talked extensively about stars win titles, teams win divisions, and you and I are 100 percent on the same page. Which let's be honest, we aren't always on the same page, which is a, a really part of why this show is a lot of fun. But how are they going to get the money if they are going to sign two really good players in free agency on the defensive side of the football? How are you going to craft that money? Uh, let, let's say just for. Just for uh, hypothetical sake, you need to clear out $25 million. Because if we're going to sign stars, about $25 million seems like a fair amount. How are you going to craft that money out of what the Vikings currently have in order to make that work and potentially not screw us over down the line? So uh, Michael Pierce now, I think his his being cut and Harrison Phillips, I think that evens out i think that's like a net zero right there i don't think we lose or gain anything from that so now we're sitting at about a set i think you said 750k over so if you extend uh daniel hunter i think that brings you to he'll bring you under it brings you to about 15 mil positive i'm pretty sure i think his extension is like it's like 14 against the gap ish I think it's something like that. And then you have the possibility of AT, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. I, for one, was on board with the trading of Eric Kendricks just because the lack of importance of a linebacker in this system. Eric Kendricks is going to be 30, and I think trading him saves seven or five mil against the cap. I can't remember which one it was. It's seven or five. So you're already like three quarters of the way there with just those two moves. And then you can afford to restructure either Harrison Smith or Adam Thielen. I think Thielen's contract is a little easier to restructure, or it doesn't kill you as bad. 
next season. And then next season rolls around, you have outs with Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith. But I think that's it. But you have enough to where you stay afloat. Not you're not gonna be like cap strapped next season with two moves. That's why I was always I was always advocating for big signings. And you can have you still have that flexibility the season after that. You obviously need to drink well because those big signings are gonna, you know, take away from what you can do next season. That's how I would do it. And then the names that I was looking at, I was really high on Hassan Riddick. I thought Hassan Riddick would fit really well in this system, but he went to the Eagles, I believe. Now, left for us, there's Zadarius Smith, obviously, but I think Zadarius Smith is going to get a contract somewhere in the 20 million range or close to that. And then there is Randy Gregory and there is Chandler Jones, who's a little older, but again, could have a huge contract, could not. We'll see what happens there. There's still stars out there to be signed. At the cornerback position, Dante Jackson is still available. Uh, Darius Williams from the Rams. But the last time I heard, he was in he was in talks with the Jags, or we'll see if that goes anywhere. Uh, Kyle Fuller, A.J. Boye was released. So there's still players out there. There are some big names. They can fit them under the cap without being completely cap-strapped, and they have flexibility. It's just a matter of them making that move. Because it was what we thought what was going to happen was Quincy was going to come in and correct the books, per se. And that's not what he's done. Now, what what we don't want to see is him commit to Kirk Cousins and then try to save cap all over the place and not get good enough players to compete with. Speaking of uh, Chandler Jones that you brought up, he put out a cryptic tweet today. May not mean anything. Obviously, that uh, I don't think is tweet. It's more on the um, Facebook side of things. But as you can see, he's walking in front of Minnesota's stands in the stadium. Would I like Chandler Jones opposite of Daniel Hunter? Oh yeah, baby, that would get things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think Chandler Jones actually had a down season last year, but I think off his name alone, he's going to make a whole bunch of money. Steve, Here's 10 million part. is... He, has, he had four sacks in, in week one, finished the season, I believe, with eight and a half, and really uh, r- really struggled as the year went on. He's 32 years old. I don't think he's going to be worth a really big money contract, but I think he brings a ton of value because at the end of the day, as great as sacks are, Pressures are where are more important because uh-huh. pressures affect everything in the pocket. They affect how you re- utilize your passing game, and they affect how aggressive you can call plays as the game continues to move forward. So if Chandler Jones can give you that as your second pass rusher, considering he's not going to be seeing all those double teams, in theory with Daniil Hunter on the opposite side, that can be a really, really valuable asset. But the money, as Deshaun talked about, it, it's that's going to be the big factor here. Mm-hmm. Steve asked, said we still need ten million for the draft class. Actually, for the draft class, it's I think it's not quite six. ten. It's between five and six ish. The way it works out with top fifty one and all that stuff, that's the way you're going to lose players, and it's going to work out. It's between five and six, but you want ten so that you at least have a small rainy day fund. And it's those that you remember 2016 when uh, we started out 5-0, and 6-0, and and then the offensive line started getting decimated. 
you need to have a little extra money to go out and grab somebody. So, um, Dave, time for a shot? No, it's not time for a shot. Did they get rid of Kirk Cousins? No, they didn't. So, it's not time for a shot. <laughs> All right. Tyler, you've gone over Kirk. Why the no trade clause? It's probably something that Kirk wanted in order to um, maintain his his status with the Minnesota Vikings. And it was probably something that he wanted uh, in, in exchange for uh, giving the Vikings either void years or the amount of money that he was getting instead of just a little bit extra. So there was probably some kind of uh, negotiation there and give and take. Let's remember, Kirk Cousins had a no-trade clause in the first contract. It was taken out with the second extension. Now it's back in. So we really shouldn't be too surprised that it's there. Uh, it also makes it really frustrating if all of a sudden, let's say, Kirk stinks or somebody wants to give us the farm for him next year. Uh, you don't have the flexibility. Kirk has to sign a document saying, yeah, I'm good. I'll take yeah, it. He, next year he would have to say, yes, I'm willing to go to Team B and play. Otherwise, we're stuck with him. That's why he said he's a bridge quarterback. I fully suspect with how they set this up right now, Kirk Cousins is our quarterback, submitted for the next two years. I suspect the Vikings will draft a quarterback in 2023. He will sit a year behind Kirk Cousins, learn the good things about Kirk. There are a bunch of good things about Kirk. And, and then in 2024, we will open up with the new window. And I suspect one of the reasons for keeping Kirk Cousins, I'm going to go on the Deshaun side of the house, is to keep um, Justin Jefferson happy. Because Kirk Cousins, we know, will do that. He's going to be the main focus of this offense now. And Kirk Cousins throws a sweet football. i got to give him that. Um, hopefully he just keeps hitting Justin Jefferson, whether he's open or not, because he will get open. Let's see. Any updates on today that you guys have heard about that you want to talk about? If not, I will lead. Um, I think no, one I think of the biggest all... things is um, wide receiver, don't sign one. Uh, the amount of money that wide receivers are getting is astronomical and ridiculous in no good way. Christian Kirk is not worth $18 million a year on the surface. I wouldn't even have paid him $15 million a year. And let's also be honest at the same time, that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to see it. That's a max value of the contract. That is why agents put those numbers out. He's probably going to average out about $15, $16 million with that deal if he ends up playing on all four years. Zay Jones got three years, $30 million. This is an incredible From the same team. Yeah, we're seeing receivers (laughs) hit later and later in the draft and be successful right away. This is a very deep receiver class with a lot of talent. Just look at what the Vikings were able to do with Justin Jefferson. And then they found old BC Johnson, who was a decent contributor around seven. When you talk about all these guys, and then you're spending exorbitant amounts of money on guys who are average. Best, 
Like this is why you don't want to spend big time money or right away in free agency. You have to spend it very calculated. This is why the Jaguars are consistently picking in the top five to steal a, a line from Mel Kiper Jr. from 1992. Like this, this is why these things are happening. And this receiver class, I'm going to write a, a piece about it here moving forward. I, I think the Vikings really need to think about taking a wide receiver at 12. And if not at 12, they need to take one at 46. The way this offense uh, runs at its finest with Kevin O'Connell, three wide, condensed sets, guys who are who can run routes re- really crisp, block really well, and are really good after the catch. Just look at what Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were able to do for however many years in Los Angeles. The Vikings are likely going to try and duplicate that. Now you can you can modify this offense, and there are so many different variations of the wide zone system. And you can do whatever you want with it. You can run 12 personnel. You can run 13. You could run, uh, like, one personnel. You could run 10. You can do anything you want. But it seems like Kevin O'Connell really wants to run that 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers. And you need to get Kirk weapons. You need to fortify that group and really make a focus on trying to amplify and expand Cousins and make him as good as possible. Give him every reason and no excuses. I don't want to hear the goalposts move like, oh, the offensive line wasn't good. Oh, we didn't have enough weapons because they just put too high on Justin Jefferson. Do all of the things that you can to make sure that you have no excuses for Kirk. And I think wide receiver needs to be a focus, and I'm glad we're not doing it in free agency. Yeah, they definitely do need another target. If you look at this target, this target spread is ridiculous. First of all, Cooper Cup had 230 targets, which is insane. I didn't know that. That doesn't seem legal. Um, Van Jefferson <laughs> had 103. <laughs> I didn't. I was like 230. Okay, whatever. Um, Van Jefferson, their wide receiver three, had 103. Tyler Higby had 93. Odell Beckham had 70 in 12 games, and Robert Woods had 66 before going out with the injury. You, you throw the ball in this system a lot. And right now, the Vikings have three wide receivers that I trust. I have all the trust in, not all the trust, but KJ, KJ Osborne has done enough to demand the trust, I guess you can say. He's come through in big situations. He had that game winner against the Panthers he had that opener against the Carolina the Cardinals and he's he's just he's made great catches basically all season so I think he's earned that wide receiver three spot but after that it's all question marks and we don't know how Irv Smith is going to return from injury so when it comes to offense it doesn't affect his legs or his arms yeah yeah he should be fine but still a whole year off we don't know so the offense shouldn't have any question marks, like Tyler said. So I do think that wide receiver is a tad bit of a need just because of how the offense is ran. Now, I loved what I saw from ISM in that final game, but of course, it's just one game. How much can you trust him? So it's deep. Like, I see Sky Moore's name all throughout the comment section. I like Sky Moore too. I think there's a lot of guys that you can go after this draft. Um, do I necessarily think it has to be a top 75 pick? 
Not necessarily, but I do think that it's something that you should keep an eye on. I, for one, am, since the current extension, I'm a really big fan of trading back from 12, especially now that it seems like the Steelers are primed to move up for a quarterback because there's no way anybody believes in Mitchell Trubisky. So I think you can trade back with them, pick up maybe a second or maybe third and a fourth or something like that, and then you'll have that extra pick to use on a wide receiver or maybe and another and a tight end. You need another tight end too, but we'll see what they do with that. Well, you talk about and the nice part about this tight end class is it's deep, very deep. Well, you talk about wide receivers. Back in the mm-hmm. day when I went to football camp, we focused on everything. I focused on right. catching, I focused on blocking because I was tight end, right? Everything, different things. But right now in today's game, why wide receivers are getting better than they used to be is that. Mm-hmm. This stuff is focused in on early in a player's career when they start popping seven on off, seven camps. When they start popping off and pop order, this guy can catch the football. He's now started to be groomed into wide receiver camps, right? Specifically talking about techniques on how to catch the ball, how to run a route, how to make breaks in your route, stuff like that. And we are generating better. Wide receivers coming out of college because of it. And we're seeing that across the league that we can get value in a draft choice that uh, it's a wonderful thing. I wish that was the case for linemen. It's not. Um, Maybe I should start some lineman camps. But it that is a good thing. I don't I don't disagree with you, Deshaun. I think having more weapons, being able to catch the ball in a pass-happy offense is a good thing. <laughs> Drew said he actually saw me. I doubt it, Drew. I was over on the East Coast back then. You were on the West Coast, and uh, I was a few years ahead of you. But anyways, uh, right. Drew um, asked, is Toons feeling better, Drew? You want to ask? GMAC ask that? Well, we've got about 10 minutes left, guys. We may not get to a mock draft here today just for the fact that it is day one of the legal tampering period, the Kirk Cousins extension, and we're tr- we're really trying to figure out the direction of this team. Um, I, I guess the there are two things we need to get to. One of them I'll get to at the very end of the show. The, uh, the next couple days. Who, like, who do we expect to still be on this Vikings team and who's going to get moved, whether it be cut, whether it be traded? Do like We can just run down the list. Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, like th- those are your, and Daniil Hunter. Those are your four heavy hitters. Who is going to be here and who is going to be gone? Because that's really going to determine how, how things are going. Um, and we already know Michael Pierce was released today and cut. So... There's another strike against the defense that you're going to try to build up from a twenty number twenty fifth ranked defense to make it better. Are you going to make it better? It's a good question. I don't know. We don't know yet. We'll have to see. Now interactions today. Um, for the folks that don't know, the Vikings tendered Greg Joseph. 
They gave him a one-year $2.4 million, and if I believe correctly, that means if somebody else takes him, they owe us a second-round pick, but nobody's going to give a second-round <laughs> pick for a kicker. Mind you, no, our um, punter is also a free agent. That's okay, because in the fifth round, we're going to draft punt guy Matt Ariza from San Diego State. 80-yard punts, baby. Let's go. I don't care how good he is. You never draft special teamers. <laughs> well, anyway, congratulations, Dave. You and I are going to fight because he's not a great punter. He's punt god, G O D god. Okay, it, it's okay. I've only seen hey, one of those Daniel in Carlson. my lifetime. So we hit Daniel Carlson. It's also ah. sucks that we dumped him, but um, <laughs> here, Dave. You know what? I, I think Drew uh, made a good point. Screw it. Let's do. A, let's fire up a mock. And while you do, while we get that fired up, I'm going to tell the fine folks about what we have going on here at Climbing the Pocket. With with March Madness starting tomorrow, with the first four, um, that go ahead and go on to the Climbing the Pocket Twitter page, or you can find it retweeted on mine as well. Um, we are doing a March Madness giveaway. Join our bracket challenge, and then winners will get gift certificates to Lake Monster Brewing. First place is going to get $50, second, 30, and third place, 15. Help us partner with our great sponsor, Lake Monster Brewing. Get Give yourself an opportunity to win some free beer. All you got to do is uh-huh. click the link. It is through the Sleeper I'm app. I'm in. Can I participate? I believe so, Dan. Everybody oh, can participate. No. Go I- ahead and, and, and try and beat us. Uh, yeah. Try and beat us at Climbing the Pocket. Let's have some fun. Get you some free beer. All right. Now I, is, I've got to thank be a lot of fun. Monster Brewing for sending me a care package, and uh, it's been quite enjoyable. And they have absolutely rocked. All right, I am setting up the draft. Boom, boom, boom. Perfect. We'll do a quick three rounder. I'm getting there. Hold on. Drew, I am I am really excited to uh, see your Wednesday Vikings report. Make sure you go check out their show. They're going to do a live show, and they're probably going to do just as much yelling about Kirk Cousins as we did here tonight, and they're going to do it with, with laughs, with humor, and a bunch of clips from old 60s television shows. It's going to be a really good time. All right? Now that, that and not only that, the they've got a great guest. Yes, they do. So make sure you check out their page here on YouTube, um, Drew and Ted's Vikings Report. All right. In the meantime, we are going to be using, as we always do, the Draft Network Mock Draft Simulator. It is a, it's a pretty standard one. I, For these purposes, I like to use the same one every single time. Um, because if you use the same one every single time, you're going to use the same data, and it's not really going to necessarily confuse you. I think the Draft Network does a fantastic job of keeping this updated. And they are very, very honest, and they use conviction Ooh, when they do their rankings, which is why I use that. Oh, Dave, you're going to be on the show. I didn't know that. You you, you can make uh, Ted feel bad about his lack of beard. Lack of what? Beard. Beard? Beard game? Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's because yeah. he works for the military and <laughs> probably doesn't. If you were saying beard game, oh, no, Ted rocks on that trust me all right well let's let's fire up this three-round mock draft real quick let's fly through it 
get, get some people options here. We are picking at 12, and this is going to be uh, interesting. We're, we are not going to uh, be including Jordan Davis in this mock because we did just sign that uh, beastly nose tackle. But that's okay. It probably or are we drafting a quarterback? Anyway. Hey, here that we is go. still an option. But I really, I, I agree. I don't think, I don't think it's something that we're going to take in round one anymore, unless Malik Willis somehow falls. Um, all right, Cardinals all right. offer their number twenty three, fifty five, and six rounder, one ninety nine for our twelfth. I love that trade. That's fantastic. That's not a bad trade. Um, let's look at the other What's one. What's the next one? Uh, Pats offer pick twenty one. They're third rounder at 85 and they're six at 208. Uh, take the first one, the Cardinals one. That's a great trade. It, it gives us trade. another pick inside the top 64. And when you have to rely on uh, draft picks to really contribute, having three picks in the top uh, 64 is going to be a massive difference in helping fortify that roster. Okay, here comes the. Um, goat returning Buccaneers asking to bump down to 27 for our 23 and our third, giving us a second at the end of the draft. Obviously, we're already there, or end of the round, and a fifth. Can you see that? We got another second. Take it. So it's a pick swap, anyway. Yeah, it's a little bit of a pick oh, swap with third and the second. That's like 17 spots. A third and the second. Four in the first. The Chiefs offer oh, yeah, that's actually not a, best. a first, a second, it's actually not a, bad and a seventh idea. for a first and a third. And the, the, Take the Bucks yeah. offer. That's a Bucks great offer, offer is great. <laughs> and the offers come flying in. I was to say defense <laughs> is defense what we need to win with Kirk. Yes, we do. Not bad. Uh, I live close to Denver. Guess Lauren will be cheering for them. I don't see this team winning. Uh, you can always hey, hope. Mr. Unlimited. Lauren. All right, here we go. We're dropping down in the second round with the Sea Chickens. And here we got the Chiefs again offering a first, a second, and a fourth for our first and second and 55. No, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I won't move back that far. All right. You Divide go down the in the second round to get that fourth. That's good. All right. So here we go. Kenny Pickett, we're going to ignore because, as we talked about, quarterback is not going to be a thing here. Um, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. Perry and Winfrey, the uh, three technique from Oklahoma. Kenny Green, the interior old lineman from Texas A&M. Nicobe Dean, the very versatile linebacker uh, from Georgia. Um, Devin Lloyd, the also versatile linebacker in a slightly different way. Then to Kobe Dean from Utah, Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State, and uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. When I take a look at this board, there are, there are three guys that stand out to me. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. You can utilize him very similar to Debo. He is going <laughs> – Dinesh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, you can yeah, utilize him similar to Debo in the fact that you can run, you can throw. You're going to want to get him uh, manufactured touches over the middle, get him in space. Um, Perry and Winfrey – is the other one that I'm really intrigued with. Uh, three technique, absolute monster in the middle. 
Um, and then the third one is Chris Olave. I do like Devin Lloyd, but I just think that when you talk about guys who are incredibly um, close as far as my mind, as far as where they should be taking and how they're valued, I'm not taking linebacker here. I think the other three players uh, have a higher positional value considering I have them in the same cluster as far as where I would take them. Um, and that is how you can parse out positional value properly, in my personal opinion. I would take Chris Olave here because I think it would be really interesting to have a guy who plays very similar to Justin Jefferson playing opposite of Justin Jefferson. Just have two guys who are absolute technicians who have all the requisite athleticism and speed and being able to high point the football great in space. Have them play opposite each other and just wreck defenses. And then out of that third receiver, you can just have have like a true X or a speedster to be able to take the top off the defense while the other two just absolutely wreak havoc um, in the intermediate levels of the field. That's the direction I would go. Deshaun, where are you looking here? Oh, I'm Kyrie Elam, and I'm not looking back. That's my guy. That's my guy right there. One of my favorite corners in the draft. Just, I think he's. Uh, I think he comes in, and I think he's CB1. I think he beats out Cam Dantzler. I love the way he plays. I love his build. We need Ran three quarters. I thought he was going to be. Yeah, yeah. At least two. So I think he comes in. I think he, I think he starts right away, and I think you're getting steal at 27. I think he's better than the 33rd player in the draft, and uh, I think that's a great select at 27, in my opinion. Um, didn't do corner. I would probably. L- I hate the term reach, but I would probably look in the edge class at 27. I know it starts to dwindle a little bit, but I think there's probably still some good ones if we can check. Boy and Mafe. It'd be between Mafe and yeah, between Mafe and Elam for me. Uh Petrie too, but I think that's a little early for him. Uh between it would be between between Elam and Mafe. Interesting. So we like I like both those players and uh, Boya Mafe, I've been very high on for about a year and a half. Kyrie Elam, obviously, being a big Florida Gator fan, he is my guy. Um, tremendous in press coverage, and I think he might be able to develop into that alpha. Because of the depth of wide receiver that you can find in the second round, even though they're not quite going to be at this level, let's let's go with Kyrie Elam. Um, yes, uh, Mateo, I did see a comparison uh, to Xavier Rhodes, how they play the football. They're both a little grabby. I think you're going to have to do the boxing glove gimmick with him as well to really try and prevent him from grabbing on to defenders. So Jets want us to move up, take their second and fourth for our second, sixth, and a second next year. Yeah, I'm good. No, no, no. I don't need that. We might need that second and we start moving places. All right, got quite a few of them here. Looking at so we get a fourth next year to go down one spot. We, That's the, interesting. A second and a sixth <laughs> next year. Oh, it's a sixth. To that's go. A, that's a free six to literally just let them take one guy in front of us. Right. Let's see. The Patriots a second and a sixth for. Well, that's the drop. Fucking eight spots. Eight spots, I don't think it's worth a six. And the Steelers offering a second, a seventh, and a sixth in the... To drop down to 52. We're at 46. 
Maybe between those two. I feel like she's just but stay, yeah, stay right. Yeah, stay right. Okay, there. we're holding. Here we go. Another quarterback on the board. Oof. All right, I don't want so, to double up on corner Petre. here, but Woolen and McCreary are very enticing. Yeah, Petrie too. Like the DBs in this, in this like... We've taken Petrie like two or three times already in the mock draft. I'm this on man is nice, Dave. At, at this spot because I think you're going to have to limit him to slot only because of um, how limited his arm length is. Tariq Woolen's a freaking tool shed. Absolute tool shed. He's got every tool in the book. The guy ran a 4-3-1. His flashes are incredible. He's only played the position two years. He needs time. I'd go Woolen with a bullet, and we still have another second-round pick, and we can fortify another position. Like, nice Dave, you're going to love Woolen. He's 6'4", 210. They got him at 6'3". The man okay. flashes. Dave, his flashes are Darrell Revis good, but he doesn't have nearly enough of them, and he's inconsistent. His flashes are incredible. Developmental outside corner. Man coverage. Woolen's best work is in man coverage. We're going to play man. They like man. I'm cool with it. We need cornerbacks. And good ones in free agency are expensive. Take these two, sign Desmond King, let him play slot, and live, live your life. Do some okay. good things. Woolen it is. Boom. And we got another pick coming up anyways. Ring. Oh, yeah. no ring. All right. All right. So let's take a look at, uh, at the top. Jamari George Taylor. Pickens. Take George um, Pickens and just don't think about it. <laughs> let's just do it. Don't, just run to the podium. Don't, don't, don't do anything else. <laughs> and we pick at 60, so I'm, I'm comfortable because uh, I would fight for Logan Hall right now. Um, his ability as a three technique and to really play a five technique in this three four, especially a fair front, I think it would be a tremendous asset with his versatility. Um, I would be fighting for him. Um, sorry, Dinesh Sky Moore actually uh, went at fifty three. That that one kind of stinks. Sky Moore is awesome. I'm okay taking Pickens here. All right, George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. Boom, we got another pick coming up. Bungles are offering us to move down from pick 60 to 63, three spots, gaining the seventh. This is a Rick Spielman special. (laughs) I'll decline. Let's see who we got. All right. Scroll up all the way, Dave. I'm up to the top. We've... We've got a few guys here. And, of course, Kenneth Logan Walker. Hall went. Ah, that that one hurts a little bit. Um, Damon Clark's an interesting one. Uh, we've got a couple wide receivers on the board. Josh Paschal is a, is a really intriguing player as well. Isaiah likely to fortify that tight end position. I would go Paschal. Really, yeah, really go good. Um, really good edge player. Going to give you some nice development, and he's very explosive. Um, okay. So Paschal is going to be my – who I would take. All right. We got yeah, Paschal, six foot three, 278. Short, beefy. Let's 
scheme diverse? Well, I'd hope so. Defensive end is basically a loner position. Mm-hmm. Has to play multiple spots. He can do that. Multiple roles, two-gap, gap penetration. Means he can play inside as well as outside. All right, we'll go with Josh Paschal. So as I click that, boom. Perfect. And I believe that's it because we made a bunch of trades. We don't have a third left. We've got... Yeah, a, a stud potential CB1 in Elam. We have a very raw player in Tariq Wollin who you can develop into another potential CB1. George Pickens, who I'm not the highest on, but it's it's no doubt that he is a great deep ball receiver. Josh Paschal, developmental edge. Um, overall, really solid draft. You're hitting premium positions with players who can play right away. And I think that is a best-case scenario for the Minnesota Vikings. And it fills needs. That that's also fantastic. Mm-hmm. Could be nice picks thus far. Be happy with that, Drew. That's good. Let's see. Strong would be first pick, but the injury. Hmm. All right. Now we're gonna go back to the other, and I'm gonna flip through everything that we've heard today so far to wrap this show up. We talked about Joseph's, Joseph's tender. Mason Cole has gone to Pittsburgh, or going to Pittsburgh. Xavier Woods is going to the Panthers. So two of our guys. This one, Sebastian Joseph Day. This got people on Twitter going, wondering if he was coming in here at nose tackle. He is not. He's going to the Chargers. Michael Pierce is gone. It frees up some money. Chandler Mm -hmm. Jones with his cryptic tweet. Harrison Phillips signed to replace Pierce. And that is your action today in Vikings land. Folks, we are only in the tampering period. Yes, we've seen some of the top O-line go off the board already or commit or say they are. Just a reminder, nothing is official until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's when they sign. Anything between now and then, things can change. But that's where we're at. We're hoping for more action. We know that the Vikings need to renegotiate some salaries, get further under so they can make moves. We will be there for you as those happen. Absolutely. And, guys, that is our show. This week, we've got a full lineup. We've got In the Huddle tomorrow. Vikings happy hour on Wednesday and Vikings hot takes on Thursday. There's going to be a lot more happening. We still don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Hunter. Eric Kendricks. Anthony Barr could potentially be coming back and playing a different role for this team. 
Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen. You know, maybe Dalvin Cook, something happens with him as well because he's got a big cap number, and there might be a team willing to pay some capital for him. There's going to be a lot more to talk about. There's going to be a lot of fun here moving forward. The offseason is almost as good as watching real football games. In the meantime, make sure you support our partners at Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul. Buy some of their beers. They are going to be in my liquor store here hopefully this week um, as I have not been able to see my rep here in in a few days. Um, We are going to have our live draft show on the second day of the draft there. Please support them. By supporting them, you're supporting us. Plus, they have great products, which ultimately is the most important thing when you're buying beer. In the meantime, please check out all my written work at the Vikings Wire. There's a lot coming out. I did a free agency primer mailbag and that Kirk Cousins article, and we're going to have a lot more throughout the rest of the week. Please keep an eye on Climbing the Pocket as well. We have a giveaway, the contest. We're going to be doing a lot more fun stuff here throughout the rest of draft season, especially as free agency really peaks. In the meantime, for producer Dave, my co-host Deshaun, I am Tyler. I'm going to drink another beer, and by the morning I'm going to feel a lot better about this Kirk Cousins contract. In the meantime, have yourself a fantastic night. Skull. Skull Vikings. Climb in the pocket. Thanks you for watching. Remember to like, subscribe, ring the bell, and if you're listening, rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull. Skull.